0: Well, we are midway through season three of a podcast all about Yacht Rock, and we are just now getting to the Doobie Bounce. What took us so long? I don't know. And is this season three or season four? Uh, Who counts? This is season four. (laughs) Yeah. We are midway through season four. Yes. And we're just now getting to the Doobie Bounce. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back everyone. This is Out of the Main, season four, as John pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> Was it is the
1: reason it took us so long because
0: we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to the bounce, or we had fear of addressing this subject? Probably both, because I feel like the as Yacht Rock itself, yeah. the doobie bounce is somewhat it's both sort of hazily defined and yeah. but specific at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sure we're gonna get into trouble today. All right. Yeah, so the Doobie bounce. This was a, a uh, as far as I could tell, an expression coined by J D Riznar in the okay. gang to describe what they heard as a sort of mid tempo drum groove with a little bit of quote bounce in it. Right? I, <laughs> I guess. I mean, is that what he says? I don't know. That's I have what, an
1: entirely different interpretation of what the internet means. says. That
0: and the internet's true. Okay. Right. So uh, the internet says that. So he it's said about that. the drums, not the keys. I. That's what when all here, my notes are gone. gone. That's When I hear Doobie Bounce, it's not about the drums. It's, no, well, that's what you're telling me that he said. That. I didn't quote him verbatim. It oh. was just something about, it's a mid-tempo groove, okay. not necessarily a drum groove, but that mm-hmm. has this identifiable bounce to it. But I agree with you, and maybe we should dive in and explore further where the bounce comes from. Yeah, because the obvious question people are going to have is, well, what do you mean bounce? Right, well, if what do you mean bounce? That's kind of a mean term bounce? that
1: is hard to, if you, if you can't put it into musical terms, which would be the scientific terminology, then you're still dealing with this word that you're not exactly sure what it means, bounce. So I've tried to sort of figure out, well, what are they
0: getting at when they say doobie bounce? Should I say the ahoy ploy thing then? And just Yeah, we could go short this <laughs> week. I'm fine with it. But it's like Yacht Rock. And like as people say about pornography, you know it when you see it (laughs) slash hear it, right? Even if you can't define it, you're like, that sounds like the quote-unquote bounce to me. I think that's true. And I've
1: kind of tried to boil down because I did also see something that was written up one time where somebody tried to point out and say, well, it's when the keyboard does this and the bass has a note on one and then a bass note on three and the... There are plenty of versions of it that don't do exactly that, but are clear uh, examples of the bounce. So it's not like here's one way to play the bounce. It's more about how is the rhythm track of a song conceived? What is driving the rhythm track? In most rock music, it is generally started with drums, bass, and guitar. And the keyboard player then is often adding layers or textures on top of that. Or they're just doing what's called comping, which is sort of rhythmic piano playing, where you're just kind of following the chords and responding to the other instruments. But the prime driver of the rhythm track is going to be the bass and the guitar. A lot, you know, guitar more than anything else. Now, in Yacht Rock, the thing that we've identified as the bounce, at its basic level, is something where we've taken that and flipped it where it's clear that the rhythmic elements of the song were conceived of by the songwriter, which would have been a keyboard player. Because there's things in it, there's inversions and movements and things that we'll get to that only are conceived of by sitting at a keyboard. They're the types of inversions you wouldn't naturally go to on a guitar. And what it's done is it's brought the keyboard element primarily piano or piano type instruments like the Rhodes it's brought them to the forefront of driving what the rhythm is going to feel like what the chord changes are going to be and even what the bass line is going to be because it's all embedded in this thing that the keyboard player slash writer has come up with and now everything has to respond to that meaning the bass player often has his part predetermined and guitar players aren't going to be just banging out power chords or strumming acoustic guitars because there's so much chordal movement from the piano player that they can't just be banging out you know, E minor 7 chords all day long. So that puts them into a place where they start doing some of this singular line stuff or this palm muted stuff because they're looking to find a place in the pocket they can sit because they're not the feature anymore. So at its root, that's what the Doobie Bounce has done without getting into the theory of it, that's sort of the core. We've taken
0: keyboards and made them the driving element of the rhythm structure of the song. Yep. And one thing I thought you would get to, and you probably will later, but I would just add now, um, most often I find that if a song has a heavy doobie bounce, let's say, the drum part is fairly simplified. Yes. Because it needs to just sort of drive and exist, allowing the keys to do its thing. In my layman's Uh, definition or description of what that is, is to me, if I can see the keyboard player's hands going back and forth and back and forth Mm -hmm. and back and forth, or back and forth, Mm -hmm. then I'm probably somewhere in the middle of a doobie bounce. Yes,
1: because the doobie bounce, there are other... um let's say, using Jackson Brown as an example, even though I know he has somebody's baby that has a, a quasi-bounce to it, but his music is piano-centric, or even Elton John, piano-centric mm-hmm. Billy Joel. Uh, just by driving it with the keyboards in itself alone doesn't make it a doobie bounce. No. So I've only laid down one part of that, which is now the keyboards are going to be featured. Well, what are they doing then that's different from these other elements and going to what you're saying there is that generally it's it has some combination of accenting downbeats and then a bunch of offbeats and then back to downbeats offbeats. so you get this back and forth sort of feel from a syncopation standpoint but also chord wise it's also going generally back and forth from multiple chords doon <satisfied> doon 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 kind of you get that what you're describing that back and forth but in order to lock that down into something that feels good and doesn't feel herky jerky,
0: that's where the drummer is typically laying down something that's just boom, crack, boom, crack. Yep. Yep. And probably you know, it, it became the doobie bounce because the master of this was was Michael McDonald. Yes. Maybe I don't know if the inventor, but the master, he he was always finding ways to do dun 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 dun, for example. Yep. <laughs> when he's doing that I know we'll get into theory but um are we evoking some of that five over one th- five over one with one theory yeah. that we talked about yes most well there there's
1: it, it that's where it's a sort of a complicated question yes on a broad sense to what you're saying because especially some of the versions the primary the biggest most well known or let's say in yacht rock circles the four by one hundred rated song the perfect song what a fool believes. Built on the doobie bounce, and it's its own unique sort of doobie bounce. There's others that maybe are mar- marginally close, like maybe steal away. i But for the most part It's a very sophisticated chordal structure that's going on that isn't as simple as that, which we'll get to. So why don't we look at, as a sort of a starting point, why don't we look at what the elements are? I was able to sort of put together a track of the main riff of What a Fool Believes— And we can extract what the bass line is, the left hand from the piano, and then we've got the right hand chords, and we can look at how
0: this was built from the ground up and at least get an understanding of what the pieces are. All right. Sounds good. And this was new to me. I've never an- deeply analyzed this until this week. Right. So this was kind of fun, even just for the first time getting into all this, because the, the thing that takes me by surprise, which we'll get to, is what the bass line is in the Doobie Bounce. So Yeah. So, so
1: in a broad sense, this is something that Michael would have sat down at the keyboard writing and his left hand is probably playing octaves and he's moving them. To Along with the chords, his right hand and left hand are playing two different rhythm patterns. At times they're together and at times they're against each other. But as they come together and they move, he's voicing these chords and they're moving into different inversions and different shapes that are, by the virtue of his hand doing this on the left hand there, that is defining what the bass line has to be. So let's listen to the bass, just the root, the left hand of the piano alone.
0: So far, I don't even recognize the song. If you don't, yeah, if it you don't know so what dark. you took
1: it from, yeah. right, yeah, you're just like out of the blue, because like, it's even difficult to know where the sort of the one is. Like, so let's, you know, put it into maybe a little more context. Uh, before yet. I do, like, did we just walk
0: into the Addams Family or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some weird chromatic movement in there, isn't there? You would never believe that the song is going to be happy sounding for Which is, again,
1: out. something that a guitar player wouldn't be doing with what would be the bottom note of their inversion. I mean, their hands would be tied in knots trying to play these inversions. So now let's listen to the right hand, which is giving you the primary chords for the melody and all that. And let's hear that by itself without the left hand. See, now that's where I'm hearing the bounce. Yeah, here's, you're kind of hearing three different centers. One... Two, three, three, two, one, one, two, do, do, do. So uh, it really comes alive when you then put the bass line underneath it because that's causing the, the by moving the bass line against that, it redefines what these chords are just by their relationships. right so let's uh let's put it in context now we've got the what you pointed out that the drums need to play straight against all that sort of herky-jerky movement so now the whole thing comes together like this
0: something that makes you bob your head a little bit that's proven now but that's just a, a MIDI file uh, what's a- ama- I know well done, uh but what's amazing about the drum part is there's only one kick drum that's not on one two, three, or 4 mm-hmm. Or it or it'd basically be one and three, but yeah, it's you almost almost I mean. just like a pickup note though yeah exactly it's so i it, not only is that necessary, but I, I got to refer back to the Ted Templeman book where they t- tell the story about how long it took them to figure out what the drum track was going to be. It wasn't it Ted himself that finally got into the booth and said, like this. As the second drummer. Yeah. So that
1: they did this one dual drummers. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not so basic, but it, it works does.
1: so well. I don't know what they were struggling with up until then. I I just don't know, but... What I also think is a fun aspect of this, even though it's not an essential part of the bounce, is that little synth part that's on top that you loved so much when we talked to Straight No Chaser, right? So let's just hear that part by itself, because it's such a quirky, odd part.
0: There's (laughs) a viral YouTube video out there where a guy plays all four parts you know the drums bass keys or whatever and he starts it with that synth line yeah and that's another case where I'm like that's not what a fool believes and until you hear it in the context of the piano and the bass and the drums does it sound like what a fool believes well hit it
1: way it starts after the downbeat one, bum, 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 you know, gives it yet another syncopated thing happening, which is all being locked down by the drums. But that is sort of an example of probably the most sophisticated version of the bounce because the versions that we point to are nowhere
0: near as harmonically complicated as this track. Yeah. Well, one other thing I noticed as I well was listening to this, um, you mentioned the bass part that Terran Porter was basically... Yeah. Established for him based on what Kenny, uh, what Michael was playing with his left hand. Yes, I love though when they go to the B section, he plays these like extended quarter notes because right now up, up till now he's playing very syncopated, very short notes, right. and then you get to this part and you hear this. then sets up when he's going to go back to the more syncopated part it makes it bounce all the more and yep. then you go back to this
1: So, But the bounce that we know, that we hear all the time, is a little different than that. It has the same rhythmical aspects of that. So generally, that short kind of bass line, short notes, spaced apart, showing different inversions of the chords... Um, and but the right hand is doing something that's usually much simpler than that. And it's usually two chords, as you said, kind of going back and forth. We've talked about the five over one theory that I have. Mm-hmm. And really that, I don't know if you want me to re-explain what that means. Maybe just in brief, in case people didn't hear that episode. Okay. It's really that about the relationships of whatever chord you're playing, generally, so for example, the one chord in the key of A, which would be an A chord, right? The fifth above that is an E chord, right? So when you hear that, doon, doon, doo generally the left hand is doing something that is locked into pointing out that we're hitting, we're in A here, boom, 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 A, mm-hmm. A, A, A. And the right hand is going back and forth between an A triad and an E triad. So that's where that motion comes from um, because the the when you play the E chord... Over the A, you're creating a jazzy texture. Mm -hmm. It's really, without getting into the depth of it, it's evoking an A major 9, so a very jazzy sounding chord. Without getting into the technical. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to explain what all the notes mean. Okay, good. But then you go back to the regular A chord. So you're going back and forth from this simple A chord to this A major 9 thing by going back and forth. Now when you get to the 4 chord, you can do the same thing over the 4 chord. It's whatever chord is either a 5th above or a 5th below Where you are Hmm. in the key that you're in, yeah, gotcha. You know, so that that's your sort of your alternate chord that you bounce to and bounce back. That's maybe why it feels like a bounce them because you're bouncing back and forth, ping ponging between these two chords over some solid root note in your
0: left hand. And it was a very popular convention or fad or something late 70s early 80s it wasn't just yacht rock like no. you, captain and teneo was all over this as well well i think that's the only way the level keep us together got on the boat is because yeah. that evokes sense of the bounce but to me it doesn't at all but that's right i understand the connection you get, people where have. people would hear it yeah. Yep. um you mentioned us uh, steal away should we segue into some other applications or variants of the theme yeah because you like to point out that there's a different bounce that comes from the christopher cross music I call it the Omardian bounce because I don't know any better Right, that's good um, I But usually... that's heavy, heavy, heavy Five over one feel The whole
1: thing, the the, uh, the the Christopher Cross Sound of his hits, other than Sailing, is all
0: based on Exactly that Well, can we hear, maybe just a rapid fire In succession, how Michael Omardian does His back and forth? Sure, hit me Alright, well let's start with uh, Never Be the Same Yeah, you'll need to hear like two seconds of the intro of that one. You know what we're talking about, right? (laughs) Yep. Um, You might need to hear more of the intro to this one because it's got to get going a little bit. But here's uh, Ride Like the Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of acoustic guitar in there. Yep. That's not supposed to be. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) What else? Um, And then just here's you didn't mention this instrumentation, but you do see it a lot, especially later in the game. So if you go up an album to his next album and you hear, all right, here's what it sounds like on synth. Yep, it's he's still doing the variation on. of it, right? Yep, absolutely, yeah. And those are just three examples. It's obviously all over his catalog.
1: Yeah. And we mentioned Robbie Dupree's "Steal Away" because that's the one that people point to, and they they say he just ripped him off. And uh, I uh, that's not for me to decide. But uh, all right, well, did
0: he rip him off with "Hot Rod Hearts"? Well, there's some five over one. Hit it. Hot, hot.
1: second album you know almost top to bottom on his second album every song well i'm exaggerating not every song but a bunch of different tempos that's the thing that i've i noticed in this album is that even taking it into mid-tempo and even slower tempos uh it still works so you've got brooklyn girls Both. Free falling is a slower example. You can hear hints of it.
0: Falling, now I how the time
1: I never we'd Missing you is another mid-tempo one that has it. Um, that album is just loaded with the five over one
0: bounce feel. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know. Clip somebody's, clip it, go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and O'Mardian brought it over when
1: he uh, worked with Roger Vadoras, too, that uh, get used to it is just a pound and bounce. Yes. But you notice throughout, every
0: example that we bring out is keyboard-driven. It it almost has to be. It does. Like you said, you could do some of these voicings on a guitar, but it wouldn't be a natural, I don't think, for most guitarists to think that way, let alone that actually pull it off with the fingers. Yeah, that bouncing back and forth
1: thing doesn't come naturally on guitar. You know where it does? Actually, this is, good. This is way off the map. But it requires an alternate tuning to do so, mm. is that if you, um, guitar players know what I'm talking about, if you use like an open G tuning on your guitar, so retuning all your strings so that it voices an, a G chord when strummed open, mm. but that allows you to very easily do the Rolling Stones riff, which is a, like a one to four, it's almost four over one theory, so something like the Start Me Up riff... Can only be done if you tune the guitar differently. Otherwise, you struggle to like. Well, how do you do
0: that? As soon as you detune your guitar, it's like butter. Yeah. Well, there's also like a classic rock thing too, where you, power chord. Then with the pinky, you kind of go up. That's and just half, adding, that, the adding the six. Adding the six. That's a variation of That's that. That's like not, a blues not this, thing, but right? like kind of what a guitar player would do. Since we're off the map, let's uh, represent the D and hear the intro to uh, what I like about you. That's a Why? bounce. What? That's a bounce. E, e, Okay. Yeah. All okay. right. Let's get us back on track here. Yes, please. Who better to get us back on track than Chris Christian? What do you hear here? That's not like bouncing because it's so rigid, but yeah. it's still kind of it's- employing the similar type of feel yes don't give up
1: on us from a chord standpoint yes it is yeah uh one more before we uh jump in um to the lightning round the uh 1983 imagination album Helen Reddy's Don't Tell Me Tonight is built heavily on it oh yeah
0: So this isn't Doobie Bounce, but this is a Doobie Bouncing, and it's a song everybody knows. But the intro to Kenny Loggins' Heart to Heart... Bounces like crazy back mm-hmm. and forth on that mm-hmm. it's different because this song is so syncopated already yeah you know so but i just i can't not see <laughs> is that like, the tune like that? that has both foster and yeah donald and keys i'm pretty sure yeah yeah um or is that this is it oh geez yeah somebody gets a flag there yeah um <laughs> and then i just want to play the, the the chorus to the boys of autumn by david roberts boys.
1: That little motion in that chorus, there. It's not full bouncing the whole thing, but he sings a line, and then we do baby bounce, and then we're back to the. Yeah, key so can. that's interesting. So it can be used just as
0: accents here and yeah. there.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I guess that my final word on it is that I don't think there's one technical way that you can say this is what the bounce is. It is to a certain degree, you know, it when you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we've outlined some of the core elements of what make at least. When we say a, a keyboard driven song that is, that we're separating it from, like we say, Billy Joel, Elton John, or whatever, because of this specific motion that it does, whether it's the five over one thing or it's the defining the bass line very strong against mo- moving chords in the right side, like
0: what a fool believes. Those are things that are different than, say, what you would get from Billy Joel, for yep. example. And it, will make the point again, it's not necessarily different than rock and roll, but it's typically marked by a very simple drum line because I think it almost has to be... Yeah, and it, and it allows the jazz element to come in. Like I was mm-hmm. explaining earlier how playing the E
1: in the right hand over the A in the left hand gives you those this jazzy A major, major 9 chord. This is what allows then the soloist to come in and they're hearing a little bit of jazz influence in the harmony, then they're going to respond to that. So if I'm just playing basic A chord through the whole time, they're going to choose a different scale than if they're hearing a lot of these upper structure notes that are being added by having these chords bouncing back and forth. It's adding new notes to the
0: glossary for the soloists. I think the other thing it does, too, is on a more sort of layperson level, it's one of those elements that immediately puts me on the boat, you know, in that sense of my frame of mind, kind of like a halftime shuffle with the doom Does It's like, all right, now I know I'm hearing Yacht Rock. Same thing with this doobie bounce. Bingo. Yep. All right. Well, you've got some uh, doobie bounce saved up for the lightning round? Why not? Shall we? Yep. We shall.
1: Hey, before we get back up to hydroplane speed, just a quick reminder that you, too, can become a contributor to the content of this show by becoming a sponsor. Just cruise on down to the show notes at the bottom of every episode and click the Anchors Away Support the Podcast link to gain inside access to submitting content ideas. And you, too, could even come on the show, drop anchor, and opine on the subject of your choice.
0: All right, well, why don't you uh, start us off then, Found at Sea. All right, Found at Sea. Um, I found some Fogelberg at Sea. Did you? Now? Yes. So I don't even know how I stumbled upon these songs, because um, I'm going to do multiple. But um, just listening to this, I know, because I think Fogelberg, even I would admit, is mostly comfy, right? Oh, yes. Songs that I I think Missing You is certified i think it's like 51 but even i wouldn't say any more that i think that that's yachty right Agreed. Um, but i stumbled upon a couple tunes that i thought maybe were yachty and i want to go back and see if this one floats your boat okay so this is fogelberg uh twin sons of different mothers a collaboration that he did with flautist tim weisberg right uh released in 1978 so I don't necessarily think this is doobie bounce I'm hearing, but I'm hearing some of that same theory played on the on the keyboard. So power of gold, let's hear a little and tell me if you think it floats your boat.
1: Do is, does it float my boat mean do I think it's yachty? No, I would put this probably in the missing you area, which I think if if you say it's fifty one, that's probably five or six too high. I mean, I'm thinking of a forty five area for this. It's sort of Fogelberg's take on Power Pop. Hmm. You know, he, he's still he's still smooth, he's still kind of understated. But it's definitely trying to rock a little harder. I don't. I don't hear it as yachty though.
0: Mm. I kind of do, do. So you? you you have a wrong answer. Okay. Um, I was interested to find out though that Neil Larson appears on this album. Oh, then Mary go, Personnel, Willie Weeks on bass, uh, Jim Keltner on drums on that particular track, Don Henley on Oops. harmony vocals. So I guess I, <laughs> I stand corrected. Anyways, but I, to me, I just hear a variation of the doobie bounce, but not not technically just something in there it feels yachty anyway correct me in the comments all right uh i found it see is uh
1: sort of a, a message in a bottle variant i don't even have any responses yet but uh, it'll be interesting to check back i posted this one in one of the yacht rock groups uh today as we're getting ready to record this so it won't actually be out for a couple of weeks but uh again based on the bounce idea. Omardian, Roger Vadoris, we're back to that, but this is on his uh, second album, 1981, on the Heels of Love album. And the bounce is kind of buried, but it's in there when you listen. It's like they, it's 1981 and they just couldn't help themselves. It was just so <laughs> embedded into the culture of the musicians at the time. It, the song wasn't built on the bounce, but you can hear them nod to it every now and again. This is Let Her Get Away. No, oh. Yeah, so the buried uh, element in that would be, uh, well, even though it's not buried treasure, the bounce is buried there. Yeah, we are lost at sea. Yeah.
0: Founding We're found at, at sea. sea. Gosh. Anyway, someone should keep, uh, keep track of these things. All right, what do you have for buried treasure then?
1: This one has a buried uh, element in it, so this is why it's my buried treasure. This is Nicolette Larson and 1979. It's a, kind of a slow, swanky groove. Um, It's very doobie sounding, which would make sense because they are the... Um, the backup band for her at this point, Ted Templeman producing. So even though it isn't heavy piano, keyboard-driven song, when it gets to the chorus vocal, the harmony shapes, the melody shapes, you can just hear that it was based on this five-over-one bounce theory. So the buried element of it is the bounce, which is buried in Isn't It Always Love.
0: be buried bounce yes beautiful and a treasure nonetheless yeah. uh was not in my uh yacht rock playlist though it, uh, it is down okay is it me for buried treasure it is all right sticking with my uh dan fogelberg uh heresy uh 1987 so beyond the yacht rock years however this album uh which is called exiles are you familiar with that album at all I was back in the dead, kind of forgotten about okay. it. Okay. Personnel includes uh, Michael Landau on guitar, Bob Glob on bass, Mike Picaro on bass, Russ Kunkel on drums, Rick Morata on drums, and Michael Brecker playing the sexy sax nice. on a tune that is a buried treasure because this song charted, uh, it got up to number two in the adult contemporary chart, and that's pretty good. Pretty famous or popular song to not get any airplay anywhere I've ever heard. How familiar are you with lonely in love? Now I'm lonely in love. Why must I be lonely in love? I'm so lonely
1: in love. When you sent it to me, I didn't recognize it by title when I started hearing it. I did recognize it, and it kind of brings to mind that you know there's a lot of songs that got popular that just disappeared from culture,
0: completely disappeared from culture, and this is one of those examples. And became a buried treasure. Very buried. Yep. All, All right. right. Man, that's a good tune. I, it's 87, but it still sounds yachty to me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not asking your opinion this time. No. Because we're not in the float your boat section. <laughs> All right. You ready for my uh, Off the Map? I guess. It comes to us courtesy of listener Derek. Nice. uh, In Yacht Rock Nation. He posted this on Modern Yacht Mondays. He says to me, uh, me, Clive Griffin is a talented fellow who carved out a name for himself in the late 80s in the Sophista pop space. Mm. but he gained some legit yacht ties on his 1993 self-titled UC uh album I guess all right uh you see names like Greg Gaines and David or sorry Nathan East pop-up this song is particularly good he says featuring ready for it yeah a bounce that would make Michael McDonald proud oh gotta hear it so here is I'll be waiting
1: I'll be waiting.
0: think of that banger? Yeah, you do hear a
1: lot of Sophista pop influence. So, what's that? Sophisti yacht? I'll take (laughs) it. Sophisti yacht. Yeah. Sophistian
0: yacht because it's 1993. I'll still take it. Yeah. Uh, Good, fine listener, Derek. I've been thinking you ever since you turned me out of that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, off the map here
1: for me, 1982. And as I said, they still, they just couldn't help themselves. No. It was (laughs) so embedded into the culture that there's even times that you hear. The elements of the bounce as we've described it in songs that aren't yachty at all aren't trying to necessarily evoke the yacht rock sound but it's just there it's clear that at the root of this riff is doobie bounce and even though there is another certified tune on this melissa manchester album the hit was you should hear how she talks about you and tell me that riff isn't built on the concepts of the doobie bounce
0: yes 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 i've always thought that had the doobie bounce even though it doesn't sound yachty to me
1: yeah it's not a yachty final package no sure but the elements are embedded in there
0: with no question are you familiar with the charlie dora
1: version i am vaguely i know that someone pointed out to me once maybe it was you a while
0: back yeah yeah it's got uh, some toto cats on that So anyway, that exists as well. Yeah, complete with a key change into the chorus, too. That's the other Yachty element that's in there. Yep. And Very the first cool. all I was thinking of is that actually the Melissa Manchester version has Robbie Buchanan, yeah. Larry Williams on alto sax, Steve Lukather on guitar, Ian Boreal know. on bass, uh, and Jeff Piccaro on drums. Have you heard of him?
1: Uh, did we talk about him last
0: week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, not last week. Some other week. Okay. All right. You want me to say it? Sure. All right.
1: Okay. <clears throat> oh boy, <laughs>